It's the new year and time for the new you. You've thought about running for political office, but don't know where to start. Before you start any planning, you need to secure your name online with a yourname.vote web domain. This means your constituents will know they are learning about the real you when they surf the web. Secure your domain from GoDaddy.com today. Welcome to Breaking Battlegrounds, the show formerly known as Broken Potholes, but now that we are expanding into Florida, changing the name, changing the branding a little bit. Thanks, Jamie. Absolutely. She did a ton of work to get all those, all the website, the Twitter, all those things changed over. You can still find us at the old website. It'll just redirect you, right? She's nodding yes because I don't have a microphone in front of her today. And she's sick of the whole process. But nonetheless, she did it. We appreciate her being here. Absolutely. Uh, I am your host, Sam Stone, with my co-host, Chuck Warren. And today we have a fantastic guest in studio, someone we're both very excited to talk to, uh, Tiffany Shedd. Tiffany is a Republican candidate for attorney general in the state of Arizona. Uh, In addition to being an attorney, she is a farmer, small business owner, homeschool mom, Republican precinct committee woman, and an NRA and 4-H certified pistol and shotgun coach, running for attorney general to defend Arizona's Second Amendment rights, secure our border, and fight back against federal overreach. I don't know how you have time for half of that list, Tiffany. (laughs) Well, Republican women, we are very... Um, energetic and efficient. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> Apparently so. Hey, Tiffany, let me ask you the first question. So the Supreme Court, within the hour, just reinstated the death penalty for the 2013 Boston Marathon bomber. Um, of course, it was a 6-3 vote because the Democrats voted against it with some horrible reasoning as they always come up on these issues. As attorney general, there is a movement on the right, not with the majority, but there is a movement to eliminate the death penalty. What are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I do not want to eliminate the death penalty. Thank you. And, you know, the death penalty in the United States of America is a little bit different than it is all over the world because we have constitutional rights. And, you know, I might get a little goosey on the death penalty if there wasn't due process. But we literally have so many steps of due process to make sure that the person being executed really did do the crime. And while I don't want to see it expanded, you know, like a country like Saudi Arabia, there are certain crimes that are so heinous and so hurtful to society, to the victims, to the victims' families. And, you know, there is not going to be rehabilitation. And um, I believe it's actually justice in certain cases to um, sentence someone and, and execute and execute them. Thank you. Sam? Yeah, Absolutely. I think given modern technology, one of the things that I've been watching is it shouldn't take 20 years when people are 20, 30, 40 years on death row. If there's no question at all, if we got them on videotape, if we've got DNA, right? it's not just beyond a reasonable doubt, but it's beyond any question they're the ones that committed that act. Is that something we could update or look at changing to, to speed up that process? Because we're paying a huge amount of money to keep these folks on death row. Well, absolutely. And I do think that, you know, each case in a criminal case is different because of the fact patterns. And we do have modern technology. And actually, that is one of the general complaints about the court system 
overall, whether you're there for a civil complaint, is just how slow it moves. Mm -hmm. And so you can efficiently look at evidence and speed that process up. And so I think when you've got the technology and whatnot, that I think it's just, you know, slow walking a few times. I mean, cases driven by witnesses, witnesses are sort of notoriously unreliable, and that's not even their fault. People just, especially under high-stress situations, often perceive things in ways that aren't entirely accurate. They forget. Yeah. Yeah, or they just don't even see it right to begin with. And the longer you go on, the witnesses degrade their memory as well. Right. And so, you know, like we were talking about before we got on, like a school shooting, for instance, where it is on video. I think that a speedy trial isn't just a victim, you know, a defendant's right. It's also in the interest of justice. I think in the interest of deterrence also. I agree. I mean, I think if you if you allow decades to elapse between the act and the final act of justice, it really diminishes the public perception of those consequences, right? Right, right, absolutely. So one of the big reasons, and obviously a huge issue for us here in Arizona, but if you're in Florida, it affects you too, it affects the entire country, is illegal immigration, the open border, drugs, gangs, cartels, fentanyl flowing across our border. As Attorney General, what is your approach? How, how are you going to go after that? Well, first of all, I'd like to kind of lay out the scope of the problem. So in 2014, a federal judge pretty much gutted Arizona's smuggling laws, which has made it very hard to prosecute people for smuggling in Arizona. And people don't really realize that. Um, So our law enforcement a lot of times has their hands tied on even arresting people. We also have a huge border that is no longer secure. We have one cartel that controls operational control of Arizona, and that's Sinaloa. Uh, Texas, for instance, has multiple cartels, which in a way is good if they're fighting each other, they're not as efficient, but we really have a one uh, company shop here. And where I live, um, I live 90 miles from the border on a fourth generation farm, and I was gonna bring the stuff in today, but forgot it in the trunk. I, I look like I'm a smuggler at this point. But I, <laughs> I wanted- Fortunately, we can't arrest you due to these laws. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. I'm good. But uh, is just south of my farm, so we're talking 90 miles, like 45 minutes from ASU, Arizona State University, the Phoenix metropolitan area. There are hundreds of backpacks, hundreds of carpet shoes, and I was gonna bring one of those in so people could get a visual of shoes that literally have carpet sewn on the bottom and then really? they're denim and you put them over your shoes so that you do not make footprints and you are quiet when you walk and there are hundreds and you, of ha- these. And you have those in your trunk today. I do, but we took, we took uh, well, someone Well, that's okay, car. Kip. Afterwards, let's go down the trunk and get some pictures and we'll post it on yeah, the website. Pictures. And stuff. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. And also black water bottles so that they, they don't is, shine. Don't they reflect. don't shine. But wow. what is disturbing, so I went down with my husband, and, I mean, we look like Rambo and Rambo-ette because this is a major <laughs> smuggling stop. And Who is Rambo-ette? That's what me, I I'm Rambo-ette. Right. I, right, I don't know right. if that's a thing. There's the 80s again. <laughs> but um, because it is really scary and dangerous right so, there. I've read some of your interviews, and you talked about you've experienced this on your farm. Yes. Can, give, give a personal story. What, what was your first experience with this? Because this has been going on for a while now. Right. Well, our first big experience was 2004. Um, We had uh, people with cartel ties. It was the largest smuggling ring at the time ever eventually arrested in Pinal County. Steal my Suburban out of our garage. Uh, Took my purse, my keys. My children were asleep. We were asleep. 
They were in the house. We were very, very lucky. We weren't killed in our our sleep. Woke up. The Suburban was gone, and uh, it was a three-quarter ton Suburban, and they had, they liked those kind of vehicles because you can run back and forth across the border, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're, they're four-wheel drive and all of that. And Back a lot of people in one. Right, and it really angered my husband and I. You don't know how you're going to react in a situation, but we were really angry. Oh, violated, I'm sure, yeah, too. Yeah, and also our kids were there, and they were little, and... So we had an OnStar, and we heard the police start chasing it, and they chased it down to the desert. It starts raining, and we had a sk- We have a scanner because we need to know what's coming at us. Right. Um, I'm, I really am starting to sound like a smuggler car, but she was in the truck and a scanner. But um, And we could tell that they were getting away. And so my husband, another farmer, took a tractor, and deputies got on it, and they got after him. It turned into like a two-week chase where they held people at gunpoint, and one of the detectives ended up, uh, they pulled a, they tried to shoot a detective and he killed one of the men that broke into our house. But during that time, because we wouldn't let it go and we kept kind of talking to people that are around that could give us information and giving it to the police, we had to be evacuated from our home. I had to send my children to a place they wouldn't think they were because of death threats. And it just infuriated me. And the morning that, uh, the officer shot one of the um, gang members, which, you know, it's early cartel at this point. Um, we had been evacuated out of the home, our home about 4.30 in the morning and uh, because they were coming for us. And so it's very bold. So that was the first. And then it seemed like it opened the floodgates to, you know, it's much easier to run across our farm to be undetected because we're at the top of the Silver Bell route. And so versus going on a road that's paved, that there's officers, they can go through ours and then get to I-10 and distribute whatever it is they're distributing all over the country. And so um, about 2004, 2005, we started spending thousands of dollars, because it's 1,200 acres, in, first we put up silly us, barbed wire fences. Well, those were just cut, right? Right, right, Okay, we're so naive back then, right? right? Um, And then it turned into literally steel well casing, um, piling up chunks of cement, um, locking down gates, putting in uh, motion detectors, and, you know, having All all on your dime. All on our dime. Yeah, so walls kind of work, just so you know. Ours was a mini wall, but they it does, it stopped the traffic. It impedes them. It impedes them. So now you just have the foot traffic, right? They're like water flowing downhill. They're taking the So see, that's the point. So I think a lot of people, they don't understand what a wall will do. Right. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I've told Sam this. We keep telling Candace, again, no one does this. Someone needs to do a commercial just with a drone from the start of the California-Arizona border to Mexico and just show how long it is. Right. And just put it on video. You, you, can, you know, you can fast forward it real quick, but just show how fast it is. But it's these type of things that I don't think people understand. Um, and I just think if they understand more of the visual – there would be more public outcry. Okay, we need to do these things. They just don't understand how it works, right? Well, and that's true. And, you know, one of the things, the stories I like to tell because I think it hits home, and this is even current now because we have a basically operationally open border, is we tell our kids, if your dad or I go out and see what's out there and it goes bad, call 911, and if somebody tries to come in the house, shoot them. We are 90 miles from the border. We live in Arizona. No one should live like that. No. I mean, you're in a war zone. Yeah, we are in a war zone. Yeah, I, I talked to a rancher uh, east of Douglas in, in 2010 who has his house had been broken into 17 times in the previous year. 
uh, and that was the problem was not of this current scale we're dealing with. He had gotten to the point he started leaving food, snacks, waters, Gatorade out in a fridge and, and cabinet outside his house. Just to save the hassle. Just to save the hassle. Just yeah. to, and, and they did actually kind of stop. But he, I mean, the risk, right? Risk is huge because you don't know what you're getting. You don't right. know if you're getting someone who's thirsty or someone who, you know, could kill you. And yeah, take everything you have because what does it matter? They're already yeah. breaking the law. We're right. going. We're going to take a break here in a minute. I believe. Yep. Oh, look at me calling that a minute. Um, when we come back, I want to talk about what policies that you, as an attorney general for the state of Arizona, can do to tighten our border, make things safer, um, make sure families like yours who are the bread and butter, literally, of Arizona and our economy can go walk outside of their 1,200-acre ranch. I mean, that's just insane. So let's talk about, when we come from that break, Sam, about what you would do. Yeah, absolutely. I I think people in a lot of parts of the country, especially the people in Washington legislating on this stuff, don't understand at all what is happening to people who live in these areas. When I lived in Washington, the Sierra Club would always send these environmental things that showed Lake Tahoe. Right. No, yeah, Arizona, New Mexico is not Lake Tahoe, right? No. <laughs> Breaking Battlegrounds will be right back with Republican candidate Tiffany Shedd. Welcome back to Breaking Battlegrounds with your hosts Chuck Warren and Sam Stone in the studio with us. Our first guest today, Tiffany Shedd, Republican candidate for attorney general in the state of Arizona. Tiffany, when we went to break, we were talking about all the issues that are on our border, the impact you and your family have felt personally, the impacts that are putting lives at danger, not just of the people who live here in Arizona, but of the people who are being trafficked. If you go down to the border, you see it's littered with boxes of Plan B, the abortion pill. They'll tell the women, I mean, all the women know you better be on birth control before you pay somebody thousands of dollars to rape you and then smuggle you across the border. This is an out-of-control crisis. What can we do? What can you do as attorney general to help rein this in? Okay, there's a lot of really good solutions, and unfortunately, I don't think Arizona is doing any of them right now. So first of all, uh, Arizona, people don't realize our smuggling statutes were pretty much gutted in 2014 by a federal court decision. And so law enforcement has a lot of trouble actually arresting people once they they, they pick up the people who are being smuggled, but Americans who are smuggling them oftentimes just literally walk away free. And so Texas has just passed a very good smuggling law, and I think we should just go ahead and pass the exact same one. What makes it what makes it so well? What makes it great is that you can go after people for smuggling, and it is a felony, and um, also just the the levels of probable cause. Um, it has real teeth to it, um, and including up to the death penalty, depending if the person. So it's based on if you're smuggling someone. And you're nice to them, it's it's a lower felony. And if right. you're smuggling someone and you've sexually assaulted them, now we're talking a serious felony and serious commit problems to that. And we just don't have that in Arizona. It was signed into law uh, this year, actually, by Governor Abbott. And law enforcement that I'm talking to in, in Texas uh, says it's really working. Now, the other thing Texas has done, and we used to be the leader, and now we are the worst state for fentanyl. We have more fentanyl coming into our state than any other state in the country. 
Uh, 40% of the U.S. supply is coming across the Arizona border. I don't think people realize the impact of that to communities. And so the other thing we can do is unify our law enforcement. So I don't mean we're making them all one agency, but have a place where we are collecting intelligence and sharing it between state law enforcement. We do not have that in Arizona. Texas has put that in. And the other thing that the unification of that information does is um, this would be a very awareness thing for our state legislature is they were literally uh, the agency that's in charge, which is state troopers in Texas. It could be something else here. I kind of like bringing back the Arizona Rangers personally. It sends Love a it. strong message. Love it. But um, they were sending updates every 24 hours to every Texas legislator with pictures of decapitations, of uh, people left in the desert to die, of people wearing armbands so that they're literally chipped when they're put into basically slavery in the United States, and just sending this to state legislators every 24 hours, and now they have a billion-dollar Secure Texas fund. But, you see, it's brilliant communications, it's not even PR. It's just communications because if Americans understood those facts, even our most wokiest friends, they're just going to say, "Hell no, we're not. We're not going to. Yeah. We're not going to let people live like that. We're going to stop it." And I think the enforcement and the focus on the just border security would be enhanced because you're not going to get that from your broadcast news. You're not going to get that from your newspapers for some for some reason. I mean, it's weird, right? I mean, they would do it if some some family was doing that to their kids, but they're not doing it for that comes over constantly day in, day out. I, I, I love that strategy. And maybe it's something your campaign should implement now. Right. Well, actually, we are trying to, and I'm going to roll out a border security um, policy that's going to include a lot of these things because I want solutions. And I think that this is a fixable problem. Um, you know, the other thing people need to realize, and I know sometimes law enforcement hates it when I say this because they don't want to show that they have weakness but we are so we don't have the assets to go after what is coming across the border we literally do not have the manpower we're talking about a multi-billion dollar sinloa operation that has um, everything from armored vehicles to fully automatic weapons they have state-of-the-art military equipment and we do not have enough law enforcement in the state of arizona to do anything real about it and we've also um stymied them by not having stronger laws on the books. You know, we we used to be great, and then we had those laws overturned by a federal court, and we need to revisit that. And the reason I would love to stick with Texas on it is because now when they sue it, they're, they're coming after two states that are defending it. And, you know, I know you said you're talking to Florida, but Florida, Texas, and Arizona cannot be the refugee states for all the people fleeing the no. liberal policies. We can only take so much. And so I don't mean refugee from Mexico. I mean from California and New York and all the places that people are fleeing. But this is a fixable problem. But I just do not think people realize we have slavery in the United States of America again. Absolutely. Yeah. Because they, it is about $8,000 to be trafficked if you're Russian Five or six thousand to be trafficked. If you're Middle Eastern, they're probably paying the bill. The Russians are, and then everyone else is a little less than five thousand. And those people don't have the money to pay it up front, and so they have to work it off here in the United States. It's kind of like indentured servitude, but instead of you know in the 18, 1700s, they kill your family, they cut off your fingers, you 
Um, in, in the 1800s, it was farm work. Now it's sex trade. It there, sex there's trade. there's no one crossing our border from Mexico or Central America that has the five six thousand dollars unless they've had a bunch of family members in the U.S. Senate Western Union. Right. It's just literally not happening. So they're paying these humongous interest rates that people used to pay bookies, except it's greater and it's their life's on the line versus right. a high interest rate. And, yeah. even, and even beyond the sex trafficking, even people that are working illegally in industries have to pay the money back. And uh, we had an employee who was here, a permanent resident green card forever. He would work for us like 30 years and he kept coming to us for advances on his paycheck, like oh. $2,000. And we're like, what are you doing? You don't live like this. And he said, well, I keep getting calls from cartel that they have my cousin in Mexico or whatever, and they're going to kill him. And finally, he just told him, he's like, you're just going to have to kill him because I can't, I, I can't afford this anymore. So they have become an invasive species into every area of our lives, and it is promoting lawlessness beyond just the trafficking. It is an idea of lawlessness in the state. So we're going to follow the Texas model, which for some reason a federal judge decided to gut here in Arizona. Um, what else What else as attorney general could you do to help secure this border more and make families safer in Arizona? Well, I do believe it is an invasion under Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, and we have a right to repel an invasion. This isn't immigration. I'm a fourth-generation farmer. This is not immigration. This is an invasion. And Twenty years ago, people came here of their own volition. Now they're all trafficked. Yeah, and they can't even go back. Right. It, 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 the Sinaloa literally has operational control of the Arizona border, make no mistake. And so, um, you know, defending if we get a good governor, absolutely using the uh, office of the attorney general to defend anything that they do to secure that um, in, to secure the border. But um, from the AG's point of view, getting more assets for law enforcement, showing what's really going on, tougher smuggling laws, declaring having laws that declare cartel is terrorists so we can go after their assets and um, have stiffer penalties, bring back the Arizona Rangers as kind of a border strike force. And it also shows the intent that Arizona means business. Don't come through our state, go somewhere else. Love it. Love it. Breaking Battlegrounds will be coming right back after this with more from Tiffany Shedd. Welcome back to Breaking Battlegrounds with your hosts, Sam Stone and Chuck Warren. In the studio with us today, Tiffany Shedd, Republican candidate for attorney general in the state of Arizona. Tiffany, how do people follow? How do they support you in this campaign? How do they stay in touch with what you're doing? Because obviously, I think we we love what we hear and hear, and I, I'm imagining some of our listeners do as well. well. Thank you. You can go to shedforaz.com. So S-H-E-D-D, so like a shed in your backyard, but fancy because it's got two Ds. <laughs> F-O-R and then A-Z, like, you know, the Arizona abbreviation, yep. com, And we also are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, other things I can't remember. I'm not a big social media. Kind of All sorts girl. of websites I don't want to deal with either. Yeah, yeah. So messaging is mine. How it gets posted is not my forte. But um, that that would be great. And, you know, I just want to reach out to out-of-state listeners 
Arizona is on the tip of the spear for this border, and it's not an Arizona issue. It is a national security issue. If you've paid attention to the Ukraine, we have Russians coming across the border for the last year in pretty serious quantities as well. The fentanyl, there's enough fentanyl coming across the Arizona border to kill every human being in the United States. Think about the number one killer in the United States for 45 and under was fentanyl, not car accidents, not COVID. And this is billion dollar business. And so we're kind of this, we always call it the little baby state because we're state 48, but we really could use some help. And so Florida, you have resources. I want to work with the attorney generals of those um, states, their governors, but also just the people. And if you like what you've set, what you hear, we need the money to get the word out. We need people to share our message. Um, and just, you know, for the sake of the people living in this, please, please tell our stories so that we're not alone down here. Yeah, it, 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 Most people don't realize Democrats came up with a plan back in 2004 to divert money from the big coastal, you know, blue states. And their billionaires are pouring money. They poured it into Colorado. They poured it into Nevada. They turned both of them blue. They were both light red. Arizona's next, and these folks are putting huge amounts of money in behind their leftist candidates who will go along with all this stuff. People need to be aware of that and support our candidates here. Well, the other thing, too, just since we've been talking about the border, is we have the detection tools now. We just don't have the tools to arrest and prosecute people. And the Democrats are going to fight all of those reforms, I said, tooth and nail. Yep. Can you imagine a Democrat attorney general in the state of Arizona no. with this going on? I can't imagine a Democrat, a governor or attorney general. I, and I, here's, it goes back to my point that we originally talked. The general public doesn't understand the tools we can implement. They yeah. just don't understand the scope of this. The, the cartels would love because, nothing more than to have a Democrat attorney general because, in the state. Because Americans by nature, look, I mean, you know, the Statue of Liberty, you know, we, we by nature want to help. Just look, I mean, when all this is said and done about Ukraine and Russia, and this is going to last 10 years, sadly, when this is all said and done, most of the money's going to come from American taxpayers on their own free will, through charity, things of that nature. I mean, that is just our nature. We want to help. You know, I hear all the time people say on immigration, Republicans don't want it. There's been, we, we allow about 1.2 million new people to this country, either do green cards or immigration every year. I've not heard one person of sound mind on the right who said, cut that number. Have you, Sam? I have not. No, it just doesn't exist. So we're by nature tenderhearted, and we, we understand these families coming across, but that's not what's happening. We want people to follow the law, and, and talking about the law real quick, you were talking about some cases earlier, but we have a different Supreme Court now than when, when those cases came through. We have a different circuit courts. We do, and we need to take advantage of that and just move the ball down the field for these reforms. And I just want to say, if you're listening, whether you're Republican, independent, or Democrat, if you value human life at all, you better care about border security. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 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 We've got just a, a minute and a half left here before we, we head to our next break. Tiffany, it's, it's been fantastic having you in the studio. I think there's a lot of folks out there who need to hear the things you're saying because you've had that experience directly for you and your family. Uh, is there any final message you want to give to people? I've had to live with this every single day for almost 20 years. And as the next attorney general, every single day, I will get up in the morning and declare war on cartel. 
Love it. Yeah, absolutely I fantastic. Abso- absolutely love it. And how's your family liking the campaign trail? I know they've done this before. How are they how, Are they just used to mom just going out and doing her thing or what? You know, they were the ones that said, please run again. It was my kids. And I wasn't going to. And they said, mom, you, too much needs to be done. And we have faith in you, so please don't quit. And you can't be a quitter in front of your kids. And I will never quit trying to protect Arizona and put Arizona first. You know, Sam, Jamie, and Kip, maybe we need to go down to her ranch and walk it and let's video it and put it on the show. Yeah. I'd love to do that. Yeah, maybe absolutely. We can schedule that here the next month or two. That would be fun. And um, there, There's so much of this that people across the country don't no, understand. The, no. the horrific human toll this is taking on both sides of the border and on decent people. Right. And the scope of these drop areas is unbelievable. Thank you for coming with us today. We appreciate it and keep fighting the good fight. You too. What's, Thank the, you. what's the website again? Shedforaz.com. Shed D's the fancy way. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, keep, keep online. Keep tuning in. We are coming right back with more from Breaking Battlegrounds. The 2020 political field was intense, so don't get left behind in 2021. If you're running for political office, the first thing on your to-do list needs to be securing your name on the web with a yourname.vote web domain from GoDaddy.com. Get yours now. Welcome back to Breaking Battlegrounds with your hosts Chuck Warren and Sam Stone. Just had a fantastic interview with Republican Attorney General candidate in the state of Arizona, Tiffany Shedd. Now we're talking to some folks who are, boy, they are putting their lives on the line right now to try to help American citizens who are caught in the Ukraine crisis. Uh, On the line with us, Justin Clements. Uh, He is with Judge PR, but he's working with a group called Project Dynamo, which is a nonprofit uh, leading the effort to help U.S. citizens escape from Ukraine uh, as Russia's full-scale invasion continues to unfold. Project Dynamo was co-founded by Brian Stern and named after the British evacuation of Dunkirk in 1940. Uh, Stern's a former governor, government employee, runs a consulting firm in Tampa, Florida, formed Project Dynamo uh, in the middle of the botched U.S. evacuation from Afghanistan in August. Their group has helped thousands of people get out of Afghanistan. Now they're applying those tactics in Ukraine. Uh, Justin, tell us what's going on right now. We... We were hoping to get one of the founders on, but they are understandably – one of them is is actually in Kiev. The other is on an airplane trying to get over there to, to help people right now. Saving lives. Yeah. Tell tell us what's going on with this. Yeah, and thank you guys so much for uh, for having us on to share uh, the rescue efforts that Project Dynamo is currently conducting right now. Um, so right now they've had uh, six rescue missions currently conducted and completed. Um, it's a uh, nearly 100 people that have been evacuated out of uh, out of danger zones where there's currently fighting going on. Um, it, you know, looking at their website, they've had about uh, close to 9,000 people signing up requesting evacuations, and and those are coming in more and more every day. So uh, uh, members of Project Dynamo are on the ground over there, and and they're going to keep going as long as they can. Um, you know, as long as they have the support and capability, they're going to keep trying to get people out. Justin, one thing you'll hear from people is the Biden administration has been saying for a month, get out of Dodge, right? Why do, why do certain people just delay leaving when the administration and the U.S. government has said, you know, 
get out of Ukraine now? Why? Why? What is there? Some stories why people delayed leaving and to get to this harrowing moment that you're trying to rescue them from. Um, there's a few different reasons. Uh, everyone that you ask will probably have a different one. Um, you know, some people are are comfortable where they're where they're at, and and so a lot of people didn't think that this was a situation that was actually going to happen. Uh, um, some people, you know, didn't think that that Putin would actually um, move in forces, and maybe it was just a military show. Um, but you know, a, a lot of people were are have different circumstances as far as why they didn't get out. Um, even though the, the U.S. and and many other countries informed their citizens that is a, probably a good idea to get out, um, but those those that are left behind, seeing that you know this is a real threat, um, there is a Russian invasion occurring. Um, they they are you know, they are stuck over there. Um, so right now they don't have uh, they don't have you know really too much support from the the State Department as far as getting helping to get people out. So these, there are a few groups over there, including Dynamo, that are, you know, helping to exfiltrate these people out um, that didn't get out in time. What does it generally cost to extradite somebody out of Ukraine to free, to safety? What what is the general cost? Because this costs money. What what does it cost? Because you're, all every cent that people donate goes towards getting these people out. What does it cost for an individual or family to get them out? Um, it's tough to say. It all depends on the evacuation route. It all depends on how many people are in a particular rescue operation. Um, they're referring to their rescue mission as Apollo rescue mission. So uh, it really all depends on where they're going. Um, they try to, uh, you know, they toward the beginning of the evacuation efforts, uh, making their way over into Poland. But that got gridlocked when you have, you know, half a million people trying to escape the country at the, at the same time. Um, you know, a lot of gridlock there. So, uh, you know, for some of the rescue missions to try to make their way to uh, to the Romanian border. So it really all just depends on where they're going. But right now it is all ground transportation. Um, there are no flights in or out of Ukraine for the moment, understandably. Um, so so it, re- it really just all depends on each particular mission, how far they have to go, how many people they're traveling with um, and, and, you know, where they have to stay over to what time that they leave. Um, so staying at safe houses, that's also a cost. So it, you know, it, it really fluctuates, but, but really just all depending on the journey. I, I think their longest uh, rescue mission that they had was about an 18 hour drive across Ukraine to get them to a border. Um, so, so it really all depends, but the, the, how they're able to pay for that is strictly donor funded. Um, so, so people who are donating through the uh, projectdynamo.org website, uh, they are the, you know, figurative and literal fuel for what they're doing over there, um, helping to get people out. So it is, like I said, 100 percent donor funded for how they're getting these folks out. How does this mission differ from getting people out of Afghanistan? Um, the, the biggest difference is not being able to get air travel uh, for their rescue missions uh, for for those American citizens trying to get out of Afghanistan. Uh, air travel was an option here with Ukraine being the, you know, the war zone that it is right now, um, air travel is not, is not possible. So, it, you know, it's not a matter of, of getting them onto a flight and, and getting them directly out of the country in a matter of hours. This is a, uh, the logistics are a lot different when you have to constantly update yourself on, okay, where are Russian forces at? Uh, how do we maneuver around these, you know, these danger zones, these hot spots? Um, so it's, it, it's really, it takes a lot more planning and, and that planning goes hour by hour 
um, getting getting those American citizens and legal permanent residents out of Afghanistan. Uh, you know, once we got them on the flight into you know into another country before they're heading to the U.S. Um, you know, once they're on the flight and out, they're they're good to go. Here, it's we you know these evacuees are getting put on buses and transportation, and it's really an hour by hour update of how everything's going and trying to. Uh, get those updates of where Russian troops are advancing, where these airstrikes are coming in, at, who's getting bombarded, and it's as you guys know, it's it's changing on a you know almost by you know minute by minute basis. It's absolute chaos on the ground, and the you know you have forces coming in all over the place at, at changing the situation dramatically. But you also have, I think I heard two percent of the population of Ukraine has already fled. A huge additional population is trying to flee. This is, in many ways, the biggest refugee crisis. Well, 2% of 40 million. That's what people yeah. are understanding. I mean, this isn't some, you know, there's a million people in town. No, no, no. Um, we're with Justin Clements, Project Dynamo. Um, Justin, tell our audience a little bit, who are the volunteers who are out risking their lives? I mean, what's the background of a person who's volunteering for Project Dynamo and going to Ukraine to help extradite these folks, our fellow Americans, actually? Well, they've got a great group over there on the ground. Um, so the great thing about Project Dynamo is, you know, while there are veterans um, th that are working on there, it is made up of a great collection of volunteers, American citizens, citizens over here, uh, working as case managers, constantly getting in touch with people who are registering through the websites. Um, on the ground over there, we've got uh, Brian Stern, he's co-founder um, with an extensive military background. Um, so he's over there. They've been utilizing their contacts since mid-January, um, kind of prepping for this to happen. Um, and they were, they, you know, actually gearing up to test the mechanism of sort of the rescue operations that they had in place when a day later is when, you know, Russia officially started to invade. So they went from going to test everything out to conducting the opera, the evacuations right then and there. Um, so these guys have been rolling with the punches uh, up for nearly four days straight, um, you know, and, and then trying at the same time doing these evacuations, trying to get the word out to, you know, media outlets over here and around the world about what's going on, what they're seeing, what they're dealing with um, and how people can help the people of Ukraine um, and others who are stuck over here. There are some people that they help to evacuate who were uh, evacuated from Afghanistan to Ukraine leaving that situation Jeez. and are now oh my gosh. With Russian invasion. So imagine, you know, getting evacuated from from one war zone and then taking to another that then comes under siege from a neighboring, a neighboring country. It's uh, it's kind of it's it's really difficult to even think about and wrap your mind around. Uh, but that's the people that they're trying to help get out. Justin, I, I think one of the things that stood out to me, you just said, is you've been you, Project Dynamo has been there since January preparing this. I mean, there was warning of this and the State Department, the U.S. government, other governments across the world really failed to act in time to prepare citizens for this. And, you know, I, I think you guys are just filling in a huge hole that should have been planned and executed by our government and other governments around the world. Yeah. Yeah. And like and like you said, um, you know, with with the U.S. State Department and and other countries, you know, asking their civilians to leave, um, you know, a lot of people were under the impression that you know this might not happen. This is just a, a show of force, um, you know, that that sort of thing. You know, with the military games for Belarus happening, um, it's uh, it's 
it, it's it's really tough to 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 try to predict what's going to happen, especially with a, with a leader like Vladimir Putin. Um, so so as far as like gauging what's going to happen, we you know people with Project Dynamo kind of had a sense that this was coming. Um, but as far as what those actions were going to be, I, I mean, you know, uh, President Putin is is he, he's unpredictable, and we've we've seen that before. How much has Project Dynamo raised thus far for this, and how much more do they want to raise? Man, right now, uh, checking on their website, they they just reached one point five million dollars in donations since uh, since they started their rescue operations uh, about a week ago, um, which is just incredible. Um, and and Brian has relayed to me several times that you know that that outpouring of support and donations, again, that's how they're able to keep all these operations going, and they're they're sticking there to, until they can get out everyone that they can. And the more donations that come in, it's the, the the more people that they're able to rescue and more evacuations that they're able to put together to get these people who are not only in these major cities under siege, but also these little areas that uh, that might not be getting as much attention, um, being able to get those people on transportation to a meeting point and then getting them out. It takes a lot of logistics, planning. It takes a lot of partners over there on the ground. So every cent that comes in is is really beneficial and and really helps this organization just keep going. Folks, we're with Justin Clements. Um, he is with Project Dynamo. You can find them at projectdynamo.org. Um, every cent you give goes towards extracting American citizens in Ukraine that's currently under attack unless you live under a rock from Russia. Um, I donated $500 myself this week. I'm challenging you all to pull some money out of your pocket and donate. Give what you can give. Get your friends to give so we can get our fellow Americans out of Ukraine and those also who need help since our government is flailing around miserably not doing their job. Yeah, I mean, I'm not asking Justin to say that because he's I'll still going to work it. with the State I'll Department say it. there. I'll say it. But Justin, we, we, what, any, any stories you can share with us about someone you've gone across the border? Anything? I understand you've rescued a dog and a cat as well, um, a pregnant woman as well. Is there any stories you can share? Our audience just tell us the type of situation when we, when we find these folks and what happens? Yeah, I mean, you know, and not only are they rescuing Americans out of Ukraine, but they've helped they've helped British, Ukrainian, Romanian, Afghan citizens all help get across the border. So a little bit different than how it was in Afghanistan, uh, where they were just getting American citizens and lawful permanent residents so they could get them directly to the U.S. Um, this is a hey, if you're in Ukraine, doesn't matter where you from, where you're from. Um, you know, sign uh, sign up through the website, register for an evacuation through the website, and they're going to do whatever they can to, to help get you out. Um, on the last evacuation that they had, um, they had a, a pregnant woman with a young child who needed to get out. Um, the, the evacuations that are coming in, the, the, the requests that are coming in, the stories that there are, are, are truly heartbreaking. There are there are elderly couples with heart conditions who are you know, a, a good few hours outside of any major city that need to get out, but are worried about, um, you know, taking themselves out of the country um, through their own means. Um, there are worries of people who are, um, you know, there, there are there are fears of 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 being uh, being robbed of their cars or valuables on their way out because there are other people who are desperate for transportations or a means out. So we've seen that come in through uh, through requests through the website. So. Um, so it's while the people who are evacuated, those are uplifting stories. It's 
there there are a lot of people who still need to get out who are still in Ukraine under tragic circumstances. Well, um, Justin, we appreciate you being on. We would love it if you work with Kip, our producer, and give us a weekly update that we can have on the show. And anytime you want to come on and have us push our listeners, we're also on the radio in Tampa. We'd love to have you. So thanks a million and Godspeed and, and thank you for what you're doing. Absolutely. Folks, Breaking uh, Breaking Battlegrounds will be back next week with an all-new program, but be sure to tune in on our podcast. We do an additional segment there where Chuck and I talk a little bit about what's going on, uh, the things we had on the program. Breaking Battlegrounds, back next week. All right, folks, welcome back to Breaking Battlegrounds with your host Chuck Warren and Sam Stone. Uh, fantastic guests on the program today. If you're listening now, you're listening online um, or downloaded on your phone. We thank you for that. Please tune in every week. We do a little bit of an extra segment. Chuck? Well, I, I think, you know, both our guests today, Tiffany Shedd with two Ds because it's fancy, uh, running for Attorney <laughs> General of Arizona. And then we had Justin Clements, um, who was the third man up yeah. from ProjectDynamo.org, who did a fantastic job. He was Which, a little hesitant coming on there, but he did a fan. Oh, he was fantastic. Yeah. He was fantastic. I just, we live in a very turbulent world. And yes, it's, we do. I mean, you just stand out. I mean, we have Tiffany Shedd, has a 1,200-acre ranch in the greatest country on earth. Grows and cotton. She's, and she's like in a war zone. Yeah. We have American volunteers pleading for donations so they can go rescue Americans in Ukraine. Now, again, I'm always interested why people don't. I mean, the, the, the administ- I'm going to give one thing to the administration. They were clearly saying, get out of Dodge, right? Yeah, and, yeah. It, it, it always reminds me of my friends down in Florida when there's a hurricane, and they know they should get in a car and leave. I remember my one friend, um, Ron Andreff, the last major hurricane down in Miami, you know, I was saying, get out. He goes, well, I think we're going to hold up. And I remember getting an email when it hit and said, we're fine. We're at a friend's house. We have some wine and cheese. And we're 14 feet above sea level. So we're safe. That oh, was his thing, grief. right? And oh, sometimes, and I love Ron. Grief. Ron's an adventurer. But, you know, why? but there's reasons why people don't leave. And at the end of the time, they're there doing mission work or work or they have family or they have health conditions. And no. the fact that... Is humans we, the fact that we have to have volunteers out of Tampa, Florida, right? Raise one point five million to bring people out. Yes, is insanity. It is insanity. And and look, our government and others should be doing a much more coordinated effort and protecting. I mean, for instance, there is no reason, even if you're not willing to declare a no-fly zone, there is no reason you cannot declare certain air corridors, safe air corridors, and protect those and operate an airborne evacuation. Well, what Russia is doing and Putin as their – look, he's just an evil dictator. Yeah. What he's doing is so humane. One thing that struck me as interesting, he didn't say it, (laughs) the evacuations were easier out of Afghanistan than Ukraine. Right. I mean, think about that. No, that's be, how bad that is over there right now. But that's a lot of that is the Russian Air Force making that airspace. Well, but but, but that, that's the point. But think about that. That's how severe yes. this situation is in Ukraine. Yeah, it absolutely that is. Afghanistan, which is a total turmoil. Yep. It's like a bad video game gone wrong. 
they can at least fly people out. They can't even do that. Well, there, there's no Taliban Air Force, right? I mean, that's really the difference I mean, in this situation. You know, and he was kind enough to try to get us off one of their founders who's in Ukraine, and hopefully we'll, we'll arrange that for next week. I mean, I want to know the process. Are they hiding behind trees? Say, here comes your Jeep, jump. I mean, right. what's going on? Well, you know, the the other thing behind all of this that I think, and I want to address kind of one of the narratives that's been coming up here in the U.S. a lot, is that Zelensky, there are people who don't like the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, right. who don't like some of the leadership there. And, and let's be honest, Ukraine is a kleptocracy in the same way that Russia is a kleptocracy. Uh, these are very questionable countries in terms sure. of the morals of some of the leadership. But I think you have to separate that from the people of Ukraine. Well, you always need to. Right. I mean, as we talked about the cartels today, I mean, it's a majority. It's not a super but a majority of those people are coming. are just I just want a better life. Right. But, but, they but are, now but now they're indentured severed servitude. Right. There's no other way to put it. They are slaves and they're slaves for years. Yes. Um, and so, you know, what's happened is you always have the top scum affecting the people they're supposed to serve and help. Right. And and that is such an issue at this point. I think we really need to focus on the humanitarian side of what's going on there because we haven't seen a war like this in a developed country. World War II. Right. I mean, that's what that's what I think is shocking people. So really interesting guest today. Um, Tiffany, we've had every – Arizona Attorney General candidate, but the former Supreme Court Justice. Who Except will, for one, yeah. Who, who will get on, who yep. will get on. Um, I think you and I have said this time again, of the group of people running for statewide office, they seem to be the most competent. They're the ones who ever won the primary. You and I would go, yeah. No question we're, we're, about it. Arizona will be well served. Yeah, no question about it. I, I loved what Tiffany had to say today. I think they've all been very strong, but her personal experience on the border, I think, is a— Well, she has one thing most people don't have. She has one issue, and it's interesting. We, As we know, consistency on, mis- mis- consistency on mes- message is important. Right. And we have 43 45% of Arizona saying immigration is number one, and for somehow she can raise the money and get her message out, watch out. Yeah, absolutely. And that field is just bunched up. Oh, yeah. I mean, what's the no poll? One... Matter of fact, we're going to pull the poll here real quick. Um, George Kaloff um, of Data Orbital sent a new poll out today, his March subscription service. And for the attorney general race of Arizona among Republican primary voters, we have Rodney Glassman at 6.4%, Andy Gould, the former Supreme Court Justice, 41 He's dropped. Actually, he's dropped within the margin of error, outside the margin of error. Um, Lacey Cooper, 3.9. Tiffany Shedd with two Ds, 4.6. Um, Don Grove, 2.4. And Abe, Honest Abe at 3.3. And you have 73% undecided. <laughs> I mean, it's whoever finds fire is going to take off fast, I think, on well, that race. And, and this race is, you know, a few months ago, you would have said it's a long way away, but it's starting to come down to. It's not. It's not even six months now, is it? Right. No, no. August August 2nd, right? So this is coming up. No, it's around the corner, and they really have to pick it up because early voting starts early July. Right. Well, and, and part of the reason I think there's so many undecideds is they're all darn good. They are. I mean, it's a very competent group. So yeah. um, great show today. Kip and Jamie, as always, fantastic job. Jeremy in the studio keeping us um, sounding good because we have radio voices. And on time. No, no. I Look, Chuck. You you have a face for television. I I have a I have a face for radio and a voice for television. It's, it's a disaster, <laughs> folks. Well, it's a great show. We're looking forward to next week, folks. Again, um, visit Shed Two Ds 
for az.com if you want to learn more about her and visit pleading with you visit projectdynamo.org even if you can get five or ten bucks today you're really helping your fellow americans get to safety yeah and doing what the biden administration has completely failed at once again exactly yeah. miserable. all right thanks folks have a great weekend and we'll see you next week battlegrounds will be back the political field is all about reputation so don't let someone squash yours online Secure your name and political future with a yourname.vote web address from GoDaddy.com. Your political career depends on it.